Billy Idol, everybody. Dancing with myself. Oh, oh, oh. On the floors of Tokyo. I'm trying to London town to go, go. Oh, it's the river's election and the mirror's reflection. I'm a dancing with myself. words I know. When there's no one else inside. Billy Idol. This is another guy who parted in the 80s. Well, I so this is Billy Idol. Well, uh, uh, you ever dance with yourself? Uh, what else have you done with yourself? Sometimes when no one's around, I feel good. I just dance with myself. Uh, I'm going to start dancing with myself more often. <laughs> you should. You should try dancing with yourself rather than doing other things with yourself because you'll go blind. I don't. Shut up, Hambone. Welcome, episode six, Rump Chat. What a weird way to uh, start to deal off <laughs> Billy Idol. God, it's good to be here. The dog days of summer are oh. upon us. It's August, and I'm um, getting close to this September. It's almost fall, which I'm very excited about because, like, I love warm weather. I love it. But, like, we're in the days when it is your nutsack sticking to the side of your leg hot. Yeah, we're and I chafe. Do you know that? Oh, I'm sure you do. I chafe so a lot like of things rub down there. Yeah. So yesterday I put a buttload of baby powder in my underwear to stop the chafing, but when I sweated through my my shorts, the baby powder came out the back and it looked like I had sat in a snowdrift. Like the whole, <laughs> it looked like wet flour. It did. It was like, hey, the, this lady on the front row. Like, um, hey, clown. Gagged. Clown, there's something white on the back of your shorts. You know, and yeah. I'm like, it's baby powder. I'm chafing. And if I have to adjust myself, it's, you know, my, and my wife. Adjusting with myself. <laughs> Whitney does not understand. She always gets on me. Like, God, Joshua, stop it. I'm like, look at. You don't have. She calls a, you Joshua. Oh yeah, when she's mad, you don't have a twig and berries in between your legs. Yeah. Okay. You don't understand what it's like to be in the humid and no breeze in starched jeans. Mm. Okay. Anyway, now that we've talked about sweaty balls, yeah, sweaty balls. I I'm excited because uh, I'm ready for the fall. Um, I'm ready for college football. Uh, college yeah. football is the best thing in the whole world. Like if you're a dude. Um, that has no money, no girlfriend, you ain't got shit to do, but you have your team. And every Saturday, you can look forward to your team. You cheer for your team. You're part of your team. You can have the shittiest life ever, but as long as you have your college football team, it just seems like things are good. You, you know, you feel your like that? wife could serve you divorce papers, and if your team wins. Life is good. I think, I think that's what's wrong with some other countries. Like, they have a lot of terrorism. It's because those people don't have teams to cheer for. Yeah, Nothing. Yeah, to keep them they happy. Need college football in in Afghanistan. No, but like I remember, this is why I'm excited, for, and I still do it today. But like when we're in college with uh, when I live with Justin Boots and Jordan Holland and Jeff Rector and those guys, Saturday morning, we get up and then we go by like. 90 beers. And we watch college... Well, you drink coffee until college game day is over. And after Lee Corso makes his pick, then you switch to beer. And then you just sit and eat chicken wings and drink beer and watch college football all Saturday. 
like, college football is so I, and I love all football so don't get me wrong I, I love the NFL too but I college football is actually it's it's you grow up just engulfed in you, you know your parents and your, your grandparents you know my grandpa Sherwood was a big Hawkeye fan and and so it was just ugh, I don't know you just it's a way of life, especially in Iowa, where you do not have professional teams. We don't have a pro sports team in Kansas. Well, you've got the Royals Those, that's and all that. I mean, that, I know, yeah, but it is. Count. There's Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. So it's it's basically part of Kansas. Okay, so okay. but in Iowa, that's right. I mean, you you so, you're, yeah, either you're Iowa or Iowa State Cyclones, or even there's even University of Northern Iowa. You and you got I. three. Yeah, you got three Division One teams. Unlike, you and unlike Nebraska, won. just has Nebraska. Yeah, and Nebraska fans are are the reason that I can't stand Nebraska. And I have family. My brother's a Husker fan. My brother in law is a huge Husker fan. I love him to death. You had uh, my brother in law is not that he is not that uh, Husker fan that's just lives in the nineties with Tom Osborne. Do you get it? The nineties denial. The nineties. Oh yeah. Keep up with me, people. You know, the 90s are over. Do you hate when people say, go Big Red? Yes, I do. The, okay, so you're a diehard Hawkeyes fan. However, when we were in your hometown, I found a picture of you <laughs> as a young boy wearing a Nebraska Cornhuskers tank top. I'm glad you brought that up and because we I put want it to on explain. The, we put it on the big screen, and now people like will walk up to me and they're like, "Who does is Hamill not cheer for the Hawkeyes?" I'm like, "I, I don't know where he is." Okay, let me explain. Jacob, something am I to making you. sense? Thank you. My aunt was the head nutritionist for the athletic department at the University of Nebraska when I was a kid. So she got a lot of memorabilia signed and all this stuff. I got football, baseball helmets, stuff from, like that. From University of Nebraska. From, from the Huskers. And I got to go. Uh, one time my brother and I got to go, and we went with her with her to work one day. And it was – I actually was pretty awesome. There was <clears> – <throat> met Tommy Frazier, one of the great um, quarterbacks there. Yeah. Got to meet Johnny the Jet Rogers, which won, won the Heisman Trophy. He was a running back there in the 70s. Um uh, didn't get to meet Coach Osborne, um, but just got to see eat at the, what they call the training table, which is basically a huge buffet. But mm. you know, all these she would basically put these athletes if they had to uh, gain weight. You know, she put them on a diet or lose weight. She put them on a diet. I wish but I then had that I problem. actually got to walk out on the field. It was in the winter, so it was you know it was snow cover. But you know, so that's I mean that's how that she gave us stuff. So that's how that came about. Actually, I lied. My family. I haven't. Uh, my family where we were very, very poor, and we actually would go dumpster diving, and that's where I found that Husker. Yeah, shirt. but no matter how poor you are, you don't have to wear a Nebraska tank top. That's that all was we your had. choice. You could have made it. You could have put it inside out. No, you know what I'm saying it was reversible. <laughs> oh, wow, that is poor. But oh, I just can't wait for, and especially in September when college football starts, it's starting to cool off. Uh, it's not balls hot. It's just. Medium balls hot. Um, it starts just to get nice. The, that little chill in the air, and oh, and you get the brats going, you know, Who wants and the get brat? the beer flowing, and the Hawks are playing, or and Lee Corso and Kirk Herb Street's my favorite. Herbie's He's so the, cool. Herbie's the coolest. My, you know what my dream He's, job is? Here's my dream job. 
I would walk away today from rodeo if I could be Kirk Herbstreet's spotter in the booth. Really? That helps him, you and know, see things, see things that they're not seeing. Basically, kind of like, like what, what you I, do for me. Yeah. Yeah, you're my spotter. This is, I, that's my dream job. I would walk away from rodeo today if he goes, hey, Bone, it's Herbie. Yeah, I'm sure he's Come gonna, work for me. Sure, that's going to happen. I'd be like, peace. I'm out. Be like, whatever happened to that one guy from Iowa that used to play music? Huh? He was the best ever. Man, that would be a good job. And those guys probably make some money. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't care. Man. Are you going to go to the – okay, first of all, he does the primetime games on ABC. Yeah. And it works with Chris Fowler. And he does – and you get to go to game day. So you do game day in the morning, right? Then you get on a private Then you jet. get on a private plane. If, it's, if he's not calling that game there, you get on a private plane and fly – to whatever stadium that they're doing God. the game that night, and it's night game, and it's the atmosphere. I don't care if it's in Tuscaloosa or if you're in L.A., you know, USC, if you're in Washington up there. I don't care. You are in a, an electric atmosphere because it's a night game, and obviously it's going to be a big game if it's in prime time. As you can tell, I'm very excited about this. Like, I'm yeah. going to actually go do this. I'm just explaining that's why I would walk away from rodeo to go do that job. That would be heaven. Um, I, I I like the afternoon college football game. Oh, so I you just, still hit the bar that night? Well, I mean, obviously I'm not going to now, but and I've never been to a primetime college football game. Do you know that? Yeah, okay, I never. Got, I got to go. I saw Iowa beat Michigan in 2016. Michigan was number three. Last second field goal. Went with the Fort Madison, Iowa crew. Yeah, they, they got us. We were in a suite. Well, we bounced kind of all over. I had to move a couple spots because these old men were yelling, getting pissed because I was cheering. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Cheering football game. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let me my sit bad. down and shut my mouth. Anyway, side story. But, yeah, we saw. I saw that. That was, that was unbelievable. Are you the guy at the football game that – won't shut up and you just heckle. No, like, do you talk shit on the other teams? No, not. Mm, yeah, maybe I, a little bit, but not really. Just, I mean, just I kind of go with everybody else. I don't. I'm not you, that. I don't constantly sit there and scream. I yell at. I yell at at my team. Yeah, because my team more than the other team. I know how intense you get because I was with you in Rosenberg, Texas, at the <laughs> rodeo, watching Iowa play. In Illinois. Watching Iowa play Illinois, and you punched a hole in the wall. First off, it was a flat-hand slap, but those piece was there of a, shit RVs. Was there a hole in the wall after you slapped it? Yes. So you punched a hole in the wall. Well, Your fist put a hole in the wall. And you wanted to leave, and I, mean, I go, sit down. Sit down. Put this hat on. I'm proud to announce <laughs> that I've never really had a college. I've liked all college football teams. You know, I'm, I like O-State, but I've never had a team. I've I, I got Kansas basketball. Yeah. That's my team. But I'm proud to announce that I have officially switched to an Iowa Hawkeyes fan. Yep. And I ordered a black Iowa Hawkeyes coat on Amazon. Did you really? Yeah. I was going to surprise you with that, but, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you really have no choice when you're with me. Yeah. But, but again, in Kansas, you don't, like you always say, hey – you win, you're pleasantly surprised, but you're not expecting to. Yeah, Kansas football is great like that, but we got less miles coming now. So Yeah, that's right. Here, this is for you. Everybody. This motivates me. Uh, the reason I was asking you about heckling, so at the rodeo in Sykeston, 
Uh, I've never really been heckled before. The at Sykeston Rodeo, though, that we were at, um, there's three clowns. Rick Young, who's been there for 60 years. 60. This He's is 87. His, that was his 60th year. And Rudy Burns, who's been here for 46. 46 years. So they have not had a different rodeo clown or entertainment, uh, entertainer for 46 years. And then um, they hired me to come to the rodeo to kind of, you know, be the, the takeover guy. And, and Rick and Rudy are cool. I mean. They're awesome. Great dudes. And they're still funny. You know, it's funny because they're just old men and they play off it so so much. Like uh, the uh, you know that one time when Boyd was going, Rick, what about you, Rick? And then Rick is just silent. Hey, Rick, how about Rick? And he goes, Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. He goes, You woke him up. <laughs> yeah, but so so, two old men are funny. Oh well, they're awesome. But you know, so we're working the crowd, and the first night, sixteen people, like, yelled at me. This yeah, one lady, it was a little hostile. She's like, "I don't know what you think you're doing. You're not the clown here. We like Rick and Rudy." I'm like, "I haven't even said anything yet, <laughs> you know? Like, give me a chance." And oh, the one lady, I noticed you don't have a barrel. Why are you too scared to get in the barrel? And I was really polite. I said, "Ma'am, eat shit." No, I didn't <laughs> say that. I wanted to say that, like I could have, but like, it, you know what? The crazy thing is, it was mostly older women that were heckling me. So. Like, Rick Young is a hero. So the, the next night, this lady stopped me at the gate. She goes, I don't think you're funny. I only laugh at Rick Young. I said, ma'am, do you know why I'm here being a rodeo clown? Because Rick Young is my father. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. And she started crying. She's like, I knew it. And she gave me this big hug. And she's like, <laughs> she knew it. She's, uh, she's like, you're so great. I, I just... I didn't know that he was your dad. I'm like, yeah. So I've been telling everybody that Rick Young's my dad. Um, <laughs> Is it working? Shit, yeah. They love me now. I mean, it's it's. Well, once you're in inside, I got and through. In. It was very good. Like that. That was a kick-ass time, and I'm uh, I'm thankful uh, to to work with Rick and Rudy as they're about to retire. I got to work the last perf of Ted Kimsey's career. Oh, that's cool. And so I got I'll get to be a part of the last rodeo with. Uh, what those are got to be a part of. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, but I've never really dealt with hecklers and it doesn't really bother me. But the, the thing is like people can say whatever they want in the stands and it's no big deal. But if I, if I were ever to pop back and say something to them, like there would be emails, oh, there yeah. would be Facebook discussions. Clown with rude. You told me I'm a fat piece of shit. Well, yeah. Just and like the time when, when I was Boyd and I were in Belton, and I jump up on the fence, and I go, how's everybody feeling? And this probably 10-year-old boy that was built like a man reaches up and punches me in the eye. <laughs> as hard, Right in front of Boyd. Just smokes me right in the old eyeball. And I turn my mic off. I go, what the hell, man? And the mom goes, oh, I'm sorry. He just really doesn't like clowns. I'm like, he had to take three steps to punch me. I wasn't in his me space, and this kid stand there. And he's got the biggest Snicker bars you have ever seen your whole life. And I grab the Snicker bars out of his hand and throw it in the arena. And I said, I don't like kids. And then I walked off. And boys, Lace will do something like that. I, I can't remember. I, 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 I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, dealing, 
So when I, if I ever do get to go to a pro sports game, I'm not going to heckle. Because heckling hurts feelings. Don't hurt my feelings there, Bounsky. I won't hurt your feelings. You don't ever... Well, you, you don't get heckled per se, but oh, in, in no. your position, there's always somebody oh, that's like, so, why won't the sound guy play more country music? Yeah, that, that happened. Uh, <laughs> Eastwood, our, our, the committee chairman this year at, at Sykeston, he had told me, he goes, here, you love this comment. Uh, rodeo is great. But can the sound guy please play more country music? Because whatever he was playing was awful. <laughs> That's when you go, you want something good? And you just turn up Motley Crue as loud as you can. That's probably why, as I played a lot of Motley See, I just don't... I, okay, before pre-rodeo and, and after, like uh, at Sykeston before the concert, I played for... what? Well, last night was last night an was, hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least a half an hour, and I'll play country music, but I, um, you know, and I try to mix it in the new guys, Sturgill, I love Sturgill Simpson, and, and uh, Co Wetzel, stuff like that, but I'll, you know, I, uh, anyway, what I I'm trying you, to say I is... I love how you always start off with Pearl Jam. Yes. Freelance, yeah, but I got my children up my man, Hall Free. Yellow Ledbetter, or uh, if Jacob Moorhead is with me, it's I'm Alive. Just Alive, not I'm Alive, just Alive. I just don't play. country music during the show just doesn't fit for me. Yeah, I that's mean, me. Now I it's your sound. Anyway, I could go like, on and let's on. Let's go to the next guy. And shoot number three. Don't tell my heart, my achy blanky heart. Oh, these guys want to get pumped up. Yeah, I mean it's hard to get like I love George Strait, but it's hard to get pumped up to George Strait. Yeah, well, it is. And one other thing that no one I think about this too, for you, which sucks. Because what are you going to do? If you have 8,000 people at a rodeo, there's always going to be like three that are like, the music was too loud. And those, so three people out of 8,000 write an email that say the music is too loud. Then everyone's like, well, we got to do something about the music. We had some complaints. Yeah. What the, about the, the 7,000? Yeah, the 7,997 yeah. people that don't say anything, but they listen to those. I, I trust me, I get it all the time. Uh. It's just. I used to really take it to heart, and now it's like, whatever. It's like temperature in a restaurant. It's cold. Don't, it's hot. Don't get me wrong. I want it to be great for everybody. I want it to be perfect. But when you're doing, like here, yeah. what's this seat? 10,000? You know, it can't be perfect. Capacity. Yeah, and last night they were 98%. Yeah. Or the other night. Whichever night it was. Yeah, the other night they were 97%. That's only 3% that wasn't. And, but it, you cannot tell. This place, that place was packed. And you know what else I hate that I get a lot too, is hey clown, clown, hey clown, my name's on the back of my shirt. Hey clown, um, come here. Okay, what's up? Uh, so it's my mom's birthday. Will you say happy birthday? No. And then if you you can't do that because then nine thousand other people will be like, hey clown, clown, oh. Uh, Embarrass my friend Roger, you know, so you can't you can't open the door because if I go okay <laughs> over here it's Kathleen's birthday yeah hey over here it's it's That's Pandora's birthday. box you're opening Pandora's box you can't do that and and another thing that I get and I say this a lot and I'm going to say it to everybody right now I am not a wedding DJ no let's not yell out play uh, Old Town Road play Old Town Road yeah no. Not going to do it. 
Yeah, when people tell me to do something, it makes me not want to do it. Less likely to do it. Just, okay, at a rodeo that you and I were recently at, uh, this guy wanted to propose to his girlfriend in the arena. And so... Oh, this is awful. We let him... No, this is not the one that... This is the one that worked, not the one that didn't. This is it, uh, over the 4th. Yeah, we were Prescott. When he... Yeah, I handed him my wireless, and he's like, Michelle, I met you at this rodeo. And I knew from this day that blah, blah, blah. And he just kept talking. So I go, I grabbed the mic back and I said, dude, land your plane here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just go ahead he and did. ask. He did. And so I, one guy got engaged. Night number two. We're in the arena and this random biker dude just comes walking up to me in the arena. This is 100% true. During the rodeo, just a guy crawls on the fence and goes, Hey, clown, I like to post my girlfriend. I'm like, This guy struts out there. It was the weird. He had long hair, and I'm guessing maybe Rump Incorporated. Everybody thought the same thing because nobody went out and grabbed, grabbed this guy. You had, uh, you just got done doing the, uh, the, uh, the mannequin. Scr- mannequin act. Yeah. So you had a few uh, moms out there that did the dance act, and then here comes this guy just strolling out there. And you're thinking that somebody sent him from the fence. Everybody, you know, nobody knows what's going on. They, We all think that Rump's got it planned. Rump's thinking it came from us. And so this guy just comes up. Hey, clown, I want to propose to someone. I want to, I like, hey, clown, I like to propose to my girlfriend. And he and, pulled the ring out. And then and then when Rump started looking around like, help? That's I go, when I go, Who is, I don't think he's supposed to be out there. No, like the, I don't think those guys were happy. He but crawled I crawled through the back pins. Yeah. He crawled through the steer and calf pins up the uh, the exhaust alley for them. Yeah. And then just walked down the fence line. And I think I handled it pretty well because I just went, uh, I don't know who she is, but I hope she says yes. But for now, why don't you get out of the arena? Yeah, and then we got out of there, and it was great. And Rump just takes off Which running. I, I get nervous because everyone knows about the one time when that guy wanted to propose to his girlfriend. And so I give my he has my headset on. Okay, in the arena, he drops down to one knee. I get him and his girlfriend out there for the motorcycle act, like I'm going to jump him. He drops down to one knee, and she covers her face. You know, like when chicks cover their face, like they're really happy. Yeah. And she starts crying. I'm like, this is great. And he goes, same spill as the last guy. You know, Monica, I'll never forget the first time that we watched the sunset together. I knew my heart (laughs) yearned for your love. And I'm like, oh God, puke. And he goes, Will you do the do me a favor? Make me the happiest man in the world. She's like, I can't. I just can't. And she runs at the arena. So he's got the mic on and he takes off and she was fast and so was he. I'm standing in the middle of disbelief. He's like, come back here. He's like, you should marry me. I don't give a shit about what your bitch mother's done. And, and he's saying this all the time. I'm like, shut the mic off. You know, because I don't have a mic. And he is cussing her out the gate. No they, wonder she said no. They get her muted. And uh, there's no music playing. The announcer's not saying anything. It's just me standing in the arena and everyone just staring at me. Funny thing, next day, like 13 people emailed the roadie like, what that clown did to that couple was just terrible. She was not ready it's to. It's always your I'm fault. I'm like, I, I didn't try to propose. Uh, actually, you know what, listeners? If you're going to propose at a sporting event. All seven of you, listen up. Make damn sure 
that he or she will say yes. Better yet, committee people, don't do wedding proposals in the arena. Please. Yeah. Please. It, I think sometimes it's kind of cool, but... Ugh. like the, I, I hope it didn't... Was I rude to that kid when I go, hurry up? No. Because he was taking forever. He, he was. And, and we shouldn't have done it. Because he was harassing you, and oh. because you're too nice of a guy, and I was telling you, no. No. Just this tell guy, him, dude, not going to do okay, it. Okay, so this is how... This guy, I, the day I pulled in, he was he was uh, there to meet me before I even plugged my camper in. This dude was like, hey, I need your help this week. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I just kept blowing him off. Like, he just wore me down. Yep. Well, I, I couldn't get away. Just... Should have sent him to me. Yeah, you're you're kind of a dick, so you'd be good at telling him no. <laughs> I'm just too nice. Speaking of dick, coming up after oh, the break, people, Boyd Paul Hamus we've is had going to join us. Two guests on the show, and they're vo- they're both very interesting, but big stupid himself. <laughs> Heath Stewart? Oh, not well. The other big stupid. Ah, the big stupid from Wisconsin, <laughs> the general manager of the National Finals Rodeo, and most importantly. A good friend yep. to both of us. Boyd, coming back with him in, in just a minute after the break. Now, there is no this is played That's why we drink it after here. the Hawkeye score touchdown. And when we're gone from here, yeah. will be drinking we'll be back. The beer. Everybody sing! In heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. And when we're gone from here, we're You're my pride and joy, Rum. You're my pride and joy. Wow. So, uh, kind of a big deal in the Logan Coach Studios. Uh, a very big deal. Um, you know, we get to, to be around a lot of interesting people. Um, when you think about all the people you've got to know. And the great people of rodeo. Uh, you know, like, I was thinking about that. Like, Manu from France to Bull Jumper to the Cotton Rossers, to the Mike Servies, uh, to Trick Riders and Bullfighters. And, but this guy here is um, kind of a legend and uh, <laughs> a, a guy that's been nothing but great to us. He's like a, a brother, a dad, and a dude that might kick your ass if you say the <laughs> wrong thing at a rodeo. Yes. And uh, so... It's quite an intro. Yeah, but all I want to you see why with, are you shaking? Right I'm now? not shaking, you're shaking. <laughs> and I was in this with an all around cool dude. Welcome to Rump Chat, Lloyd. Is it Lloyd or Boyd? It's Boyd, it's yeah. b- with a B. Okay, <laughs> okay. Boyd Paul Hamus, everybody. Hey, so, right. um, so are you um flipping the word interesting so as not to um insult me by saying he's a dick no i would never say that no but many people do a lot of people see me in that light and i thought when you were introducing me as being interesting that was your euphemistic spell it your euphemistic way (laughs) 
of not saying, well, he's interesting because he's normally he's a dick. No, you are. In, well, you are a dick, <laughs> you're, but you're misunderstood, boy. You are <laughs> okay. also extremely interesting. Oh, well, good. I'll take that as is a compliment. Is that not fair but... to say that Boyd is interesting? Oh, by far. He's like the uh, that beer commercial um, when the guy's like, he once built a paper airplane that safely seated seven. He is the most interesting man at your rodeo. Boyd, Paul Hamas. He once called a psychic to warn her. <laughs> I love that one. We oh, remember he, when, when we did that in Denver with yeah. him. Because you, you get in, you get into the the, the high teens and performances back yeah. to back, and we're like, okay, what do we come what up with? What can we do? The one that I always wish that you would use is, "Here comes your rodeo clown, a man so tough, so wild, he wants to use the live rattlesnake as a condom." <laughs> I don't like to lie. I, I really like to be very well, truthful. He was so. dead, but <laughs> you don't even like snakes. I hate snakes. Uh, not yeah. a big snake fan. So, but well, uh, once yeah. taught a German shepherd how to bark in Spanish. <laughs> With Tomas, Tomas actually did that. That's not that big a deal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, and Louis. Well, we're having Boyd on today, and he's done many other interviews and podcasts and all that stuff over his. 30 plus years career so uh but today is a little different and um i kind of want to start off boy i don't want to blindside you but you know how we kind of talk about different things you know right rodeo but some stuff that man uh, not everybody knows and it shows another side of you um can you <laughs> please don't hit me uh <laughs> you can hit him if you want weatherford texas um what mid 90s oh yeah i know where you're going you and a certain rodeo clown. Which I'm actually glad you're bringing this up. Because, jokingly, we made a joke about beating up announcers. And now everybody's getting all weird about it. So oh, this yeah. is kind of shoe on the other foot, if you will. Okay, yeah. So this whole, you know, Roger uh, Rump thing. You know. Are people uh, taking that too far? Yeah. Oh. They're, they're trying to get in. And you know what? It's it not was gonna, it's, a joke, yeah. people. Did you listen to the podcast? I had a rodeo committee oh, call me. Oh, you're and, kidding and me! And say, uh, if if we hire Roger, will will that be okay? Because I know that you guys are want to beat each other up. There's like, nothing further from the. I'm not saying I would whip announcers, but I'm. It was. Well, I said Bob Tallman. Do you think I'm going to beat up Bob? If I beat up, literally beat up Bob Tallman, I would be lynched. Uh, uh, wait. He was the pastor of your wedding ceremony. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say maybe my wife would lynch me. I know my father in law would. Yeah. So, man, could people not take this? I had an issue with this on, and I did a California joke in Dodge City, and somebody hit me up on Facebook about how I offended Californians. And I'm like, man, comedy. I learned this in college. I had one theater class. You know what comedy is? It's man. The definition of comedy is man laughing at man. Okay, so a lawyer has to be willing to be the butt of a joke. A blonde has to be willing. A Dallas Cowboy fan has to be willing to be the butt of a joke. When we get to a place where nobody wants to be the butt of the joke, that's a slippery slope toward no humor whatsoever. So lighten up, people. Getting, it was a joke. And we're getting that way. Yeah, so we are. Society's just, getting that way. Before we get to the 90s, let me just go and order the easiest clowns it would be for me to whip. Oh, okay. busting it All out. Right, start off, Break number one, Jay Rome. 
Okay. Easiest? <laughs> Easiest, man. That let's big do it fat right head now. is a big target, stud. Right now, let's go. Dude, ah, I mean. shit. I'm uh, tough. That's a why big do people, head. Why do people discount my toughness? Body shots plus reach. Just go ahead. Reach your arm out once. Okay. Well, I don't know if I no, like no, that. No, reach your arm out. See if you can even <laughs> Damn, get Damn, that's a big fist. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, you can't, so anyway, so J.R. Rump, I mean, I'm saying he might have the win to go one round. God. But two, nah, J.R. You can't Rump. teach somebody okay. to be mean. Now. Toughest guy for me to whip, Liesl Harris. Uh, I saw the video on uh, YouTube when Liesl beat the shit out of that guy at Vernal. <laughs> that right? But his son Matt was playing the robot. <laughs> and, he, and he couldn't get up. He knocked him down. Okay. So this is a quick little story. So Matt is in, it was a BR549 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. We just called this robot. And and Liesl's got a trumpet. No, there's a um, saxophone. Saxophone, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Saxophone, and he's out doing this act while this drunk hops over the fence and just tackles his son Matt in the robot uniform. But all of a sudden you see Liesl swing around with that sax and throws it at the guy. Then the bullfighter, who was? It was Lance Britton. Was it Lance? Yep. I, I thought it was somebody. It don't matter. Anyway, they catch this guy trying to climb the fence to get out. Well, and then Liesel gets a hold of him and beats the shit. Yeah, out and him. even when the cops, when the cops got the guy handcuffed, before right Liesel left, he need him right in the lips. <laughs> well, look, Liesel's tough. Some even his his age. Yeah, he's a gold gloves boxer. Gold gloves boxer. So that's why I'm saying easiest clown to whip would be Rome. And then the toughest one to whip, despite his age, would be Liesel. And then I don't know who you who would you even I probably wouldn't want to go Johnny Dudley. He's pretty in shape, right? He's a mar- yeah. He was a Marine. He's a so. Marine, so you know he's in shape. Probably yeah. don't want to try him on. But what? Who, who else? Sosby. Sosby. <laughs> Talk about Al Qaeda would call Sosby a soft target. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm offended by that. Well, you shouldn't be because you've already talked about how much funnier fat clowns are than skinny could, clowns. Could you whip uh, Matt Merritt? I don't know. I wouldn't want to. Matt's too good of a soul. What? He Why? Is. The, but I'm the first. I'm a good soul, kind of. Like John Harrison, same way. Like, yeah. Why would you want to? He's such a sweet guy. You know, why would you want to? But you? Uh, no, I... You, it, you just... But you actually whipped a clown before. Well, we... Tell okay. us about. I, I've this never really heard this. We're, we're good now. Shotgun's yeah. got his own. Uh, oh, you don't towing, have to say his name. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. He's got his own towing business there where I live, and he actually went up to my neighbor's house the other day and picked up a car. Oh, really? And, yeah, yeah. So it's so, all good. This is long, long yeah, time. This is, we're talking twenty-five years. Yeah. Ago. We're mid early nineties. But Shotgun is in the barrel in Weatherford, Parker County Sheriff's Posse Rodeo. There, right? And right. Um, bad company. So Benji's rocking the tunes and this, that, and the other thing. But in between, there'd be a chance to interact with the clown like we do in the bull riding here. And I don't know uh, what it was in his system on that particular day, <laughs> but he was having none of working with me as far as letting me get, you know, hey, I next up is Tough Hedeman. He was just all over the place. And I said, Shotgun, what the F are you on? Did it rhyme with Smoke Maine? <laughs> so he had been over the yuck. side of the fence and he had a plastic bat and he had beat up a kid on the fence with his big plastic bat. <laughs> oh, no. I'd love to do that. <laughs> so, no, you just like to throw Snickers. Anyway, yeah. so I asked him the question. I said, Shotgun, what the F are you on? And he said, Yeah, you just wait. I'm about to whip your big Yankee ass. Ooh. <laughs> and so I went to kick my foot out of the God, skirt. why weren't we there? If I um, can get that I time know we were machine in elementary, fired up. But, yeah. We should have been there. And 
I went to kick my foot out of the stirrup going, okay, you think you're going to whip this big Yankee ass? And I went, and I looked down, and I had six bull riders left. And I went, I can make it through six bull riders. But with each bull rider, I got madder and madder and madder. (laughs) (laughs) And so so when it was time and the bull riding was over and Shotgun was wheeling his barrel out the gate, I I had gotten out of my shaps. I piled off my horse, threw my hat, my black gold, because I couldn't afford a new one at that time. Very humble. In the words of Shotgun... (laughs) I guess I got him in a chokehold. <laughs> yeah. You only got him in a chokehold? No, we, we didn't we didn't really throw any fist. I just threw him to the ground and then the judges jumped on me, right? And so shotgun was on his back and I was on top of shotgun. Yeah, there's an alley full of people, so it wasn't like it was gonna And the judges were trying to pull me off. Well, I- if they pull me off, I gotta let go of shotgun's arms. And I tell him if I let him go and he pops me, I'm whipping both your asses too. And that was Jimmy Adams, and I forget who. I think Byron Walker wasn't judging, but he was there too. And then Jimmy later told me, hey, man, you could get kicked out of professional rodeo for fighting. I don't think he can. It's a, yeah, no, it's a class. Yeah. It's like a class three offense. It's ten, like a friend of mine, Johnny Phillip, hit a guy, a judge one time, and he's Ooh. been banned from rodeo yeah. for you forever. Can't hit, you Johnny can't hit like a judge. The Phillips boys? Yeah. And he's a great guy. He's wow. a great no, guy. I love the guy. I believe the rule states that you can't hit any official in any sport. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. like, if it's two guys, you can fight. I don't think so, man. If Okay. PRCA guys not are not on, supposed to. Not, like, but if, like, so if I go to, if I went to fight a guy, I'd have to say, look, so, let's go off these grounds where I'm not a music director <laughs> no. and you're not a committee man, okay. and I'm going to whoop your ass. I've never heard that before. So... <laughs> God. So when you go to fight Jake Reinhardt, that's how you're going to preface. Yeah. Oh, no, that's the deal. Bring oh, it, Jake. You know, that's going to be my new excuse. I'm sorry I can't fight you or I'll be kicked out of pro rodeo. Because I'm a ro- you're a rodeo official. Am I really? Yeah, you're, you, you are a profession- You are a member of the Professional Rodeo Cowboys wow. Association, and fighting is strictly prohibited. Do you have to pay your $10 in insurance before you fight? Yes, you have to pay it whether you fight or not. Sign in with Sunny Deb. Man, I did not know that. I, I better stop. Making so, threats. Uh, <laughs> God, that's good. What? Let's get away from beating up people. Another, yeah, yeah. Another, really let's get a little something more happy. Um, a guy that we're gonna have on here in a couple weeks uh, when I'm in San Juan. As soon as you and I figure out how to do this when we're not in the same room. Yeah, Bobby T. Oh, I want to hear. Can Some I, can I tell because you've worked with Bob oh, for God, I love the guy. T- over twenty five years yeah, at NFR. One. You did what fifteen times with him or whatever, or twenty. Has um, yeah. has Talmud always kind of been all over the place though, Boyd? A little, but not. I mean, Bobby's to me, in my humble opinion, Bobby T is is still one of the very best. Oh, I, going down the road now. Has he has his style changed a little? Yes. I'm going to tell you if you go back and watch some of the bull. Riders only telecast. Oh There's a throwback. Okay, but I mean, if you were to go back and watch some of those, you would see Tallman zero in on like a like a bullseye on one guy, and he could rat a tat 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 about that guy. Just I mean, and it was it's vintage Bob Tallman in his prime. Okay, now maybe a little some ADD every now and then where he'll he'll travel around the corner, but <laughs> but but still he's one of the few guys that. Can make rodeo exciting. And I love Tallman. I get okay, to work. Okay, with. let's see. I, I got this video. Um, 
and let's see if it'll work here. Copenhagen high five. Pete Burns is number Listen 73. That's a bad cat, Gary. You bet. He's the son of the former Bull of the Year. And This uh, is overdubbed Brennan Eldridge. Oh, this bull. He's looking, 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 looking. Look, look, look. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait for the sell, though. This is going to be a record. Huh? What a holy mackerel. Holy mackerel, Mama. Ladies and gentlemen, you are right watching. Here. You are watching. One of the greatest rodeo athlete bull riders in the world ever. I in have seen him come career. and go, but this guy takes the cake. In 30 years of rodeo, there is no doubt about it. To all of the champions of the past, you are looking at the champion of the future. That's God. God. I, doesn't that just get man, you gives you goosebumps? I want to ride a bull. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, he's he's just iconic, and I'll be. But as far as you know, Tallman Tallman's mind moves even faster than his lips, you know. And so what'll happen is is he'll he'll be three sentences ahead of where he wants to go. And so that's when sometimes he's tough to track. But here's the deal. No matter what Tallman says, people love. Exactly. And they're listening. At Red Bluff, California, this is my favorite Tallman prayer. It was first responders day at the rodeo. In the arena, in the arena is an ambulance, a fire engine. There's policemen. There's all these first responders. Here's Tallman's prayer. And I'm not even rumping this story. Jesus. Ah. You're good to us, aren't you? We've all been there. It's Friday evening. You're headed home from work. You don't like your job, do you? Your boss ain't the best to you. When in the window, you look back, lights, red and blue, you're getting pulled over. Well, can't afford the ticket, can you? Guess what? You're in a school zone. Little Johnny needs shoes and little Missy needs some milk. Officer comes to your window. Same old routine. License. Registration. This is the prayer. This is the prayer. Okay. Yes. He takes it back to his car. You sit in there wondering how you're going to afford the ticket, thinking of all the things you need to do when he comes back up. And guess what? Today, it's a warning. It's a warning. Because that policeman is a father, too. <laughs> in, your, in your name, we pray. Amen. And everybody just goes wild. They're like, oh, my God, Bob Tallman. I'm like, that made no sense, Bob. You, you can't just say whatever you want and then say amen at the end of it. It'd be a yes, he can. And yes. people were like, can you believe how great that prayer was? I'm like, that prayer made no sense. It was a story. So I, I got to tell, and I want you to tell the story, Boyd, because uh, you were there, but uh, – about the Mormons in the brown bag, brown paper sack. Oh, yeah. oh, is it? Tell this story because Nampa. I used this in a production meeting in Spanish. That was in Nampa. Yeah. Nampa, Idaho, first year I'm ever there. I'm going horseback. I'm riding one of the grays, one of the service grays. I had spurs on my boots, and Mike told me I couldn't ride with my spurs. So Mike told, made me take my spurs off, and I had the dead belliest gray you've ever been on in your life. We nearly got run over five times by bucking horses. But anyway, at that point in time, they had. In the Green Queen, it was an outdoor horseshoe-shaped arena. 8,000 people a night. I mean, it was just awesome. But yeah. they had this non-alcoholic section. So as I'm riding by that section, I go, you know, Bob, I know a lot of people come to the Snake River Stampede. They like to party and have a good time. But isn't it great that we have the, the non-alcoholic sections for those families who just want to come and enjoy the rodeo? 
Goes to show what you know, kid. You think them brown paper bags are filled with popcorn, but that's where the Mormons are hiding their whiskey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and just looked at you like, yep. That's what are you going to say to that? We, well, we got some letters from some Mormons the yeah. next day, so we got pulled, the, got pulled into the room. The best one, though, and, and, and I love Bobby T because whenever there's a new word that comes out, he's really, he'll get on it. Like um, when computers and the internet first landed, every, everybody was online. Now, I might have been just playing cards on my computer, but I was online, whether I was attached to the internet or not, right? Yeah. And then the word ambient sound, you know, we started talking about ambient and he loved the sound of ambient sound and he started using it a great deal. Well, probably about 15, 20 years ago, when there was a discussion in our culture about uh, relationships and what they could be called and what have you, um, there was there was a term that, and you'll get, when I get to it, you'll get it. So anyway... We get to Houston. Bob is 2007, I believe it is. Bob's on the arena floor, and he's just uttered this poem that Jim Bloodworth had written that would make everybody cry, right? It was a, a poem about God and country, and followed it up with the national anthem, and then Bob would throw up to me. He said, uh, okay, folks, to explain this new Super Series format, there's nobody smarter in the rodeo business about this Super Series format than, than my partner. And he's been my partner in the rodeo business, He's been my partner in the buck and bull business. So let's go upstairs to my life partner. <laughs> well, howdy, partner. <laughs> so I went, Bob, I hadn't even told my mom yet. Anyway, about the Super Series <laughs> Did you get a letter for that? No. No, I don't think a lot of people which, caught it. But the people in the in the control room did because my ear and my IB was blown up with laughter. Which is funny because, like, I mean, Houston's a, it's a whole different planet now that I've been there for so long. Like, this very, I wouldn't say it's very script. Well, it is very scripted out. I yep. mean, but, and so just for him to work that in, it, that's good. Yeah. He bounced off the script. Yeah. yeah. So, well, one um, more, I want to say one more thing about Tallman that he said this year in Santa Maria. <laughs> he said shit in the arena and no one cared. You're kidding me. No. What? But it was about, uh, he goes, for the Yeti cooler deal, yeah. it was the coolest thing ever. And it made sense and no one cared because it was so awesome. He goes, oh, look at there. They're going to give away another one of these great Yeti coolers. They're built for the wild. If you don't have a Yeti, you got a piece of shit cardboard box where ice goes to die. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we love you. Who would even think of a cardboard box where ice goes to die? Bob Tallman. Oh, my God. That was so good. There's only one. Well, you know. Um, we'll look forward to that. And there, we could go on for 16 hours about Bob, but, um, one of the, one things I wanted to talk about here is, uh, a little prank Boyd and I did on old J.R. Rump over here. I don't know why people always want to pull pranks on me. Because you're so gullible. You're very easy to prank. I don't want to be pranked. And and you got a, you got a soft heart. You do. And so you're easy to injure. And it just kind of, it's kind of fun to injure you. Thanks, Boyd. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Boyd set this up. You're you're better with your words. I would have to say. Is this I mean, is this is this, is this the is this Denver meeting yes. three three a day? Okay. I found All the right. audio. So here's here's what happened, folks. Normally, have you ever seen Rump do his shtick where it's handbone plays? My mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. It's R. Kelly, right? And he will it's he'll not throw a rodeo his hat. Till he plays some R. Kelly. <laughs> he throws his hat, and he will come over to a couple that he was interacting with on the fence. And typically, he will throw his right leg way up on the fence, 
And uh, on this particular afternoon or morning at the rodeo in Denver, he did not. And the reason he did not is because he had just recently done the splits. And we've all had the discussion about his sphincter being torn in the bent gate and yeah, what have you. We've discussed yeah. that on yeah. our chat. And, yeah. so, and so when you did the splits, a calf got out of the gate. I did the, the splits and things split. Right. So right, right. So anyway, if he would have thrown his leg up on the fence, the people would have been able to look down his shorts and seen that the calves were running around in the pen. Oh, so but I don't know this at the time. I don't know that it's yeah. happened. All I know is Rump did not go through with his complete shtick. Yeah. And throw his leg up and really we, try to work the lady on the fence. Yeah, we were run out of the arena. Well, we were looking at you like what? Well, no, you would uh yeah, you you no, you did the splits, or whatever. Yeah, and he was like, oh, I was injured. I'm like, I think he really injured himself. Well, right, because he goes, you were going, I got to go, and I was wondering if he's going to do his act later. Yeah, because he might have actually hurt himself. But then I find out because he texts you, Hambone, <laughs> and tells him what happened. Well, I text Hambone because I'm like, I ran out of the arena, and when I got to the bathroom to do what I had to do, clean up. I was like, I hope they don't think that I just bounced because. After, you know, 19 performances, I get nervous about I never want to be complacent. I never want anybody to go, well, he just drifted to the perp. So I was texting Hambo in a picture of me on the toilet to prove where I was. Yeah, Didn't well, I? Oh, yes, you did. And you were not happy and, about no, that. No, because it was a picture. picture and everything. Yeah. To which, uh, so, continue on, boy. So then Hambone lets me know why he didn't throw his leg up. And then I say to Hambone, well, you know what? I don't know that. And so in our next production meeting, we need to make sure we're going to use Rump as an example of people taking the day off. And so Hambone was recording Rump with his phone from across the room. And do you have the audio ready yeah, for it? Yeah, okay. well, let's try this. Okay. So this is our production meeting right here. It's our boss, Leon Vick, and Lisa Bailey, production director, Queens. Everybody's in there. Here we go. Can get to that? Nothing pisses me off more than laziness. Okay. It's okay to make a mistake. Make a mistake trying. Right, right here, everybody's butts puckered. Because we're all going, who's, who's he talking about? We come off the military night. We're all in a good mood. We had a great show. We know that the perf today is going to be a tug. Right? We're holding that and I think the person in this room knows who they are. But, but So, <laughs> right here on the video. And we will post this video. Um, Rump is on his phone. He's texting, and I had just scanned over to him because I'm sitting across from him on the table, and he's on his phone. And then when Boyd said, "There's a person in this room, and they know who they are," this son of a bitch, <laughs> he drops his phone and his head pops just up. perks up. Okay, you can't go half-ass. The people that bought tickets deserve every bit of show that the ones that are going to be here on Saturday night get. Can't take the freaking day off. Okay. Still expect you to pay. Oh, it's tense in here, folks. Tense. Stu was outstanding with his pictures. And we asked him to, but there was a point in this road where we could have had this crowd eat out of the palm of our hand on FFA day. Which is a tough crowd. One of our players got lazy. One, One of our team members took the day off. One of oh, our... no. you got to be kidding. 
One of so, our players got lazy. One of our team members took the day off. I mean, he he's Boyd's doing this so good that I mean, you. Well, it was, it was very tense. similar to what we did here in Sykeston the, the year before yes. when we punked that committee. But yeah, I so, was thinking if I could just get out of this room, I could be in my pickup and out of Denver in nine minutes. <laughs> and the funny, you just wait until you see this face. Okay, here we go. Had this crowd beat out of the palm of our hand on FFA day. And one of our players got lazy. One of our team members took the day off. I don't know why you didn't go over there and kick your leg up of Jonah's wife. But that was a Then the hand boat starts laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> That's too much fun. God, that that was, was not fun at all. That was a blast. That I, I just that that scared me. Because <laughs> I I never want that to happen. I that's my I, fear too, Rump. My fear is that somebody's going to say Boyd mailed it in, right? Well, you guys always make fun of me. I got to go work my day sheet. Right? I got to work my day sheet. I do. We're not making sheets. fun of you. We're just, you know, that's what announcers do is work their day sheets, and so that's what we always do. Say. All announcers work their day sheets the way I work my day no, sheets. No, no. Okay. But all announcers need nine hours during the day to work their day sheets. <laughs> oh, no. Some, yeah. Yeah, anyway. It's like 7.30 in the morning. Where are you going? We got 8 o'clock perf tonight. Oh, I got to work my day sheets. I'll be out at 6. <laughs> that could be a whole nother episode. What goes on in an announcer's trailer throughout the day? I can tell you what goes on in mine. Yeah. Just working day sheets. Oh, oh Well, he's got go. another little job coming up oh, in December. Oh, yeah. Mm. I forgot about your, your little side hustle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your little side pa- gig. My part-time gig. <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't have to tell us any details, but, I mean, what it, you're, you're – uh, you got the look NFR, at, and you're off and running. So, look at my hair, Rump. I look like the President of the United States. After I have, second term. I have grayed, put on more gray hair this year than I ever have in my life. Let me let me just do this and say, Sean Davis was so hugely undervalued, okay? I mean, he did it because he loved to do it, and he was very proud of what he did, and he, he had goals. He wanted to put on a great rodeo for the sport and the industry, and, um, and of course, after you do it for 35 years, I'm sure I'd, I'd probably be a little more relaxed than I am right now. But this is a J-O-B, and it yeah. never stops. I mean, I could go through my phone and just tell you, you know, the stuff. Yeah. Benny Butler, miss call <laughs> while, I'm doing, while I'm doing rump chat. Big okay? boy. Um, <laughs> let's see if he called me. So. Um, <laughs> Guarantee it. Yep. <laughs> Maybe he's gonna try to get you too. But the point is, it's like this morning I'm on the phone with the president of the WPRA. Why? Because a guy I offered a job to come back didn't want to come back and answer to the person I was going to have him answer to. Got 200 credential employees. Not everybody can have straight access to me, right? But he, it would have been the same paradigm that he was working under last year. Okay, but he didn't want to do it, and so he turned down the opportunity. And now he's on Facebook. Trying to get the barrel racers all worked up oh, about, Facebook. you know, and so and so I'm on the phone with the president of the WPRA trying to give her. So she's getting texts from, you know, barrel racers and so and so. And if it's not that, then it's something else. You know, it's just, it's just a nonstop. It's yeah. a grind. It is a grind. How many hours a week do you think that you have to put into the general manager position? Oh, 50 at least. Damn. Mm. 
at least. I mean, and, and that's with having Ann Bliker help me. And Ann, she's a she's a oh, saint. she's a saint, and and she's so good at what she does, and she's so knowledgeable. But man, I mean, so I go to Cheyenne to play Casey Jones's rodeo guest game, right? Just want to see if that can be used as a fan interactive, yeah. okay? And something that you know, if you're going to be on your phone instead of Snapchatting, why don't you you know tell us how many points you think that ride was or something like that? But okay, what stems from that? Okay, well now I need a hard. I need an Ethernet line to the Internet. I can't go wireless. Casey's got to plug into that. Got to write up an agreement. Wait, how much does the Ethernet cost? Where are we going to put him? You know, just it, there's just everything that there's, just Yeah, it's simple. not just an easy. Yeah, there's spider legs to everything. Yeah. So, and then, and then, so it's just, it's like I tell everybody as an announcer. As an announcer, when I announce the NFR, it would end. Okay, I'd write down who the average champions were, who the world champions were. You'd the work ho- your day sheets. The horses of the year. I'd, I'd, I'd compile the information I would use in the future to work my day sheets. Okay? Compile. Compile. That's a word you might be able to spell. Okay? Compile. Let's try it. Slow. Sound it out. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> so, But now it, it's never ended. It yeah. has never ended. By the In Denver. You guys know we yep. were in Denver. The, my budget was due to them by the 15th of January. And your taxes. And, and then, and then, um, then they got to approve it, and that didn't happen until probably late February, you know. And so now, and so now you you know what you're going to have to spend in order to sure. put on the show you want to put on. So, uh, and and obviously you're not going to say anything you don't want to say. But is there anything? What different? I mean, it's the NFR. We're, it's you can't change much. But is there anything that you can say now without revealing anything? That oh no! Mean? Right. Um, look, just to reiterate what you said. Reiterate. Try that one, Justin. Reiterate. Yes. To it's iterate the, again. It's the <laughs> NFR. So you got 15 in each event. You got 20 sponsor flags. So your your yellow rose might become a red rose or what have you. But yeah, we're going to do some projection mapping. Okay, that's that's never been done there before. Which is basically like a, a video on the dirt, which is going to be awesome. Well, I've it's seen not. That. Okay, so let me just clarify, because the dirt is not flat and smooth. So the video that you would see on the four mil screens would actually be higher quality video. Well, what will make it impressive is the size. It'll be about 50 by 100 feet yeah. on the arena floor. But again, it'll look grainy if we're using video. Now... We are doing a lot of three-dimensional stuff with logos and buckles and stuff like that. Be that'll, awesome. that'll be very impressive on the arena floor. Like I, at least holograms like, like they do with Jimi Hendrix where they have the holograms? No. You're out of your league. No, stay in your lane. No, no I've, not, I've not bad. He's it. not. It's three dimensional. Like <laughs> like you'll see the you'll see the flag or you'll see the gold buckle and the logo appear out of nowhere and it, it comes like it looks like it's really small and all of a sudden it's in your face with with stars in the background. It'll it'll be fire. It'll it'll be good. Uh, I like I I, and I'm not saying anything bad about the NFR now, but I remember when Cot Rosser did the openings and they would like drop people out of the ceiling. And they had fire and lights and the boot with the American flag. Like the openings at the NFR used to be off the chain, and now we have Mo Bandy singing some someday soon. Okay, nothing here's, against Mo Bandy. I love Mo Bandy, but you know, here's like the, the problem. The openings have changed. Uh, would you agree with that? I yeah, mean, yes, because I was as an alternate announcer, I was the one there at three o'clock in the morning, waiting for Ch- uh, Tad to get off of his show over at the. At the, uh, come on, the the castle. What's the castle? Oh, uh, Excalibur. Excalibur. Yeah. So, yeah, and we're we're doing that stuff at 3 o'clock in the morning. We're hanging a steeple with a church so doves can fly toward the steeple. It wears your crew out. Oh, 
Well, that makes sense. Okay, and yeah. the goal is for your opening is to get people to come in and be there by the time you buck your first horse. Right. So that's the ultimate purpose of the opening is to get people in. Now, we've done some cool stuff like an Angelo with the cinch shootout yeah. opening. With the you break of the chair Break thing. of the chairs <laughs> with Nellie Miller and Trevor Brazil and, and Wade Sundell. It was good. But could you imagine me trying to get Wade and Nellie and Trevor at the NFR building at 1 o'clock in the morning? I don't think you'd want Wade there at 1 o'clock. Well, yeah, I know, but yeah. so that's my point. <laughs> so we have cigarettes. basically five themed openings. Basically, one is the first night, the road to Las Vegas. How'd you get here? Okay, like And it's the only time the people who led all season long are recognized as the season leaders. Okay, Then we have Memorial Night. We have Military Night. We have Gold Night, which is the last round, the 10th yeah. round, which is where we try to do other stuff. And we have Canada Night. But the other five performances, we, we, we try to utilize acts that are available. And again... If we were to try to get as in-depth as we did like it at San Angelo, it just would wear my crew That's out. true. I never thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense now. That you I... never thought about that because you've never been there. I've been there. No, he's well, not, he's no. worked the finals. You've worked the finals? Yeah. Like been in a crew? Oh, no, not on the crew. He, he was the clown. He was the bull, barrel man. Yeah, I know. Man. Yeah. I, no, but I've, I've what I'm saying is I've been out there, and my dad's been the time of it, shoot boss. That's what I mean. I didn't know and, if you ever worked for him well, out there. I've been out there because, like, when um, – uh, when I was taking care of horses for Rod Lyman and those guys, taking care of their bulldog and horses, I, mean, uh. I wasn't on the crew per se, but like knowing the, uh, what my dad and then like uh, Big Tony, you know, yeah, Tony, yeah, Tony, Tony Amaral, yeah. So Tony, you know, I mean, this dude's got a meeting every thirty minutes. I you mean, know, so I, I know that that crew is just swamped busy. Uh, and so I hired Aaron Ferguson and and Randy Katari to do some. Awesome. Randy's videos are amazing. Yeah, and so and so we're hoping like like the Road Two video this year. Okay, instead of it just being highlights of the champions on the, I want to get some of that cinematic of the grit and the grind. And I'm and, telling you, I think that right there, just in that, uh, let alone the projection mapping, because I know that's huge. But I think that is going to put a whole new gloss over. Well, the and now you know the audio and video drops we do in Houston. Okay, yeah. so we asked Trevor about his horse tonight. Okay, and then all of a sudden it just drops in and it's Trevor. Okay, and you see him talk for ten to twelve seconds. Well, I'm telling Randy and Aaron, you got you don't have a lot of time. You got eight to twelve seconds, but I want to see him talk. And then if he says this horse has really been good to me, I want to see you guys highlight that horse in slow motion with your grainy cinematic effects, and then we'll come back. And that's why I was able to make it to the NFR this year. I'd like to drop three or four of those in in each performance. So th people, those and people like to see the guy talk. Right. They like to. Well, I think that that's one thing we need more in rodeo because there's kind of a disconnect because most people don't know the contestants. Yeah. You know, you, you we don't, don't have an ESPN that is talking about them yeah. every day. You know. Speaking of drop Let's in, start that the rope. only thing that I would like to see at the NFR would be okay. So this would be the opening. It's only one person. You need four strippers in a stage. <laughs> no, no, hold on. I'm listening. The strippers are clothed. They're, yeah, they're. I'm all ears. They're, they're in bikinis, like seductive bikinis. Is there I, any other kind? Okay. <laughs> You've never been to Ponca City at the mom. I heard about the first time it. you saw a lady's underoos. Oh. Let's not talk about that. No, no. It'd be uh, this stage, right? Would drop out of the air. Okay. With four four chicks in bikinis. And kickstart my heart is playing. Oh, okay. No, I. 
I'm sorry, on a side note, it's the greatest stripper song of all time. But it's not about stripping, it's about rodeo, Hambone. Oh. Get your head out of the gutter. Well, you said so the stage is dropping down out of the ceiling, right, to kickstart my heart. Okay, picture this. Here comes the stage. There's smoke. Okay, there's four poles. Yep. And about right here, you can start to see it come down this. And Wade Sundell standing. You write, you'd write in this down, boy. Yeah, I'm. Wade okay. Sundell is standing in the middle of these chicks smoking a cigarette <laughs> yeah. as it as it drops to the floor. And then he gets off and then welcomes everybody at the NFR. And he said, let's do it. And then he throws his cigarette and you start the rodeo. I have to say. That you like that. That would that would bring the house down. It would. Can't do it. Why not? <laughs> but it would bring the freaking do house down. It's yeah. one I, person and four ladies in scantily clad clothes. I, I love the story of him before he went on the stage to get his gold buckle. Oh. In the 10th round, he's just back there just smoking a cigarette. And some guy goes, you can't smoke in here. It's a $250 fine. He, <laughs> and he, he slips him 500 He goes, write me down for two. <laughs> But would hey boy, but you gotta okay. admit, that would be a cool opening. Okay. You only need four. I know that okay. you could probably no, no, find those. That, in Vegas. No, no, listen, that would be a very cool opening for anywhere besides the national finals rodeo. Okay, we have to be a little more dignified there. It yeah. is showgirls. It's you're doing a rodeo in a town that brags on different showgirls and strippers. There's, well, there's showgirls. The okay. they do yeah, use you started showgirls. with strippers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't mean strippers. I meant showgirls. You said showgirls. The same thing. The only difference between a What's Tallman say? The difference between a hundred dollar whore and a three hundred dollar call girl is a silk gown. How do you want to dress? <laughs> exactly. So awesome. Well, folks, we got to thank Boydie. We, we, we've we've taken guys. up a lot of his time. He's important. So much fun though. He's got to uh, go work day sheets right now. We got to let him go. Yeah, we got yeah, Boyd. We got to let you go. We go work our day sheets. But anyway, buddy, thank you for your time. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoyed it. Hey, awesome. Boyd. Remember yeah. this: what you are is a gift. And what God is to you is a gift. To- Come on, man. What we are is God's gift to us. I know. I'm just and what do we? And what we become is, is what? Our gift, gift to, to God. God. Thank all you right, very y'all. much, Rome. We'll see y'all later.